Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and today I'm going to talk to the owner of an establishment that just truly amazes me because I've been there at really all times of the day, all times of the week, and it does not matter when I go, whether it's a Tuesday at 8 a.m., a Thursday at 8 p.m., a Saturday at 1.30, like, it always seems to be busy. This place is just, it, there's an energy here. There's always something happening. And I just have to figure out what this guy and his wife are doing right. My guest today, Dan Lautzenheiser. He is a co-owner of Stories Coffee Shop. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dan. So I want to start off just kind of broadly and just kind of allow you to introduce Stories to anyone who isn't familiar with it or even people who are familiar Obviously, Omaha has dozens of coffee shops all over the city, but Stories is something unique. It's something a little bit different. I just want to kind of roll out the red carpet for you. What, in your mind, makes Stories a unique entity in the Omaha coffee scene? I think you kind of hit on it. I think it's, you know, it always seems to be energetic, and I think uh, it really has turned into a community space. And, you know, obviously... We focus a lot on quality of the products and, you know, the services we offer, but it's just really pretty awesome to see how things have kind of come together in a spot centrally located with, um, you know, emphasis on community um, where people have really um, uh, embraced it. And um, we do offer quite a bit in terms of from a food and, and coffee uh, we're a little bit unique in that, you know, we have wine and craft beer and, and soon to be cocktails. Um, so just a little bit different than a, a, a typical coffee shop might be. Um, but it's been pretty cool to see how it's continued to evolve and just naturally turned into what it is now. Mm-hmm. Well, that was kind of the amazing thing as I prepared for this podcast is I kind of started thinking about all the times I've been to stories and very rarely have I gone to stories just to get coffee? Yeah. Usually I'm going there because, oh, hey, Nibs Chocolates is popping up there and I want to, you know, get a present for my wife. Or I'm meeting somebody for the first time or I'm having a business meeting. It's just like, well, where do you want to meet? It's just like, well, let's go to stories, 114th and Dodge. It's just like, it's this really great place to just get together with people for whatever reason. And I found this line on your website that I thought really kind of went along with that. It says, we have a passion for connecting with people and investing in their stories as much as 
others have invested in us. Can you kind of unpack that line a little bit and tell me more about how that plays into a story's ethos? Yeah, I mean, it is amazing to have been in a position to be able to to do this. I mean, this has been a dream of ours for a while. And so to have the support around us, um, whether it be our parents or our friends or whomever, um, to, to get us into a position to, to be able to, you know, chase our dreams. And as it says, it's, you know, much as our story, but it's really cool that, you know, post 2020, when we opened right in the midst of COVID that the people coming in, the customers have really developed and created this place themselves. And, it's kind of cliche to say, you know, there's stories going on all the time inside there, but that's truly what it is. It's something that we've embraced is uh, each person in there has their own unique story, whether it is a gift for their wife or a business meeting or a Bible study or whatever it might be that brings them in there. We are just so blessed to be able to provide that space to do that. And so it's been, it's been pretty special to see how it's changed even over the last two years that we've been open. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of get into that physical space and you, you guys have several locations. We'll get into that, but I would say the main hub is that one off 114th and Dodger. I think yeah. m- more accurately 114th and like Davenport. Right. But it is, it's, it's a big space and there's a nice patio and everything. But what do you think it was when you guys were creating that space initially and you're, you're designing what the coffee shop is going to look like, what made it such an inviting, just gathering place for people? What is it about that place? that just makes people want to go there. Um, it's a great question. I, we, we did a ton of research just looking at, you know, coffee shops, the West coast, East coast, and then kind of brought it into more of a, an approachable Midwestern kind of vibe where we didn't want to be snooty. We wanted to be approachable. Um, we wanted to be comfortable. And so soft seating was important. Um, the music that's being played, uh, recognizable. Um, we just, we kind of wanted it to match our personalities and, you know, you look at, you know, how we kind of, um, come across as far as entertaining, you know, when it's our friends or family coming over to our house, same kind of approach. It's just, we want people to feel welcomed and that they can walk up to the counter and order something and not be intimidated. And so I think it's uh, something that people appreciate a lot is, you know, just people looking us, you know, looking customers in the eye and, and building that relationship that, that so many people long for. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I understand, your introduction to coffee came about a dozen years ago and it wasn't professionally, but you and your dad started yeah. roasting coffee together as a hobby. How did, how did like that interest start? How did you get involved in coffee in the first place? Um, I guess growing up, my dad was a preacher. And so we, we kind of treated coffee like people treated wine. I mean, there's so many complexities to what coffee can be when it's done right. And so we really started dabbling early on about 10 to 15 years ago by, by just buying a small home roaster and what was a hobby kind of turned into a small business where people started up in O'Neill, Nebraska, where I'm from, um, buying our coffee. And it was, it was cool to be able to kind of grow along with, with other people to really explore how complex and how amazing coffee can be um, when you source it correctly, when you roast it right. And so it, it, a small, you know, 
tabletop roaster turned into a five pound roaster and then it turned into a, a 10 pound and then it was a 20 and then stories opened up and then and now we're, we're having to reinvest into more and buying more infrastructure. And it's just been cool to be able to do this uh, with my dad uh, and my brothers who are all part of this, that are part of the roasting portion of what stories is. Um, and so never in a million years thought that it would turn into to what it is now, but that's, what's cool about life. And, and God takes you on many different paths. And um, this is the path we're on right now. And we're just going to kind of continue to see where it leads, but we're, we're super excited about where the future is going. How did that, that uh, I don't know if company is the right word, but just like you mentioned, you know, this starts as just a hobby and it grows into a small business and then it grows into purchasing stories and just continuing to evolve stories from what it's become. Like, was that just an organic progression or like, I guess, what was the point where you and your dad are together and you're just doing this and then all of a sudden it's like, what if this was more than just us yeah, roasting coffee together? What if, what if we like made a business out of this? Was there a moment like that? Um, there probably within the last year to two years where it really was like, okay, this is, this is bigger than just us. Like before it was a hobby, it was, you know, turning into something that we could see some sort of business out of it. Um, but we had kind of dabbled, um, back in about 2016 in just the idea of doing something differently. And I was working in, uh, corporate life and healthcare actually, um, and, uh, had gone through some personal things with my wife passing away in 2015. And it really set the, um, projectile for my future in a, in a different light and different perspective. And that I knew, you know, we're all on this, not to get too, too deep, but we're all on this planet for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and, and I knew it wasn't about title and money. I knew it was about making a difference, using your talents, your passion, your calling in life, uh, to do something. And so, I kind of kicked around the idea of starting a coffee shop and it was named something differently back in 2016. Um, and met my now wife, Brooke, my business partner, this is Brooke and I, uh, and she really, um, fanned that fire and, uh, through kind of just the craziest connections and, and opportunities stories, coffee house on 180th and Pacific was closing down. Uh, we were given the opportunity to purchase the name and some of the assets and then um, kind of try to figure out a little bit of who we were at the beginning, the first year or two, uh, and then recognized, you know, the right spot and the right time. Um, at the time, it didn't feel like the right time with 2020 and, and COVID, but we, uh, we've, we found that in, in 2019, we were going to go all in. And so we did, and we found uh, the spot on 114th and Davenport and uh, opened up and and it just naturally has turned into a situation where this is now bigger than us. And that's what's the cool thing is if you measure success based purely on, you know, your profit and loss or how many people are coming through the door, it's just not really the most fulfilling way. But we have found that you have to have all that, but then really finding a way to uh, measure our success based off of just the lives reached. And I truly feel like that that's happening at, you know, 114 Davenport and other locations um, where people are coming in and, and we're putting smiles on their face and, and finding them, you know, um, a, a way to, to provide space and, and create those stories, uh, with each other. And so it's been pretty cool to see. 
I want to get uh, more into the backstory, but I also want to, for anyone who's listening to this, I want to let them know all the different places that they can find Stories Coffee. Yes, sir. Uh, we've mentioned the location off 114th and Davenport. You guys also have locations inside LifeGate, Lifegate Church, Church and School. Yep. Uh, Lula Bee's uh, downtown breakfast spot. It serves stories. Yeah. And you just opened a Gretna location. We're soon is, too. Yeah. We should get our certificate of occupancy hopefully this week. There so. you go. That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I believe you just told me off the mics, you have some exciting news hopefully coming up as well yeah. with another location. Yeah. We're super excited about, I mean, if we didn't have enough going on, we're, <laughs> we're excited though to be moving into the opportunity at potentially Midtown, um, taking over what was a uh, corporate cafe on Fornham street. Um, so we're, Looking at not just you know a, a, a another opportunity for a retail shop per se, but also potentially bringing in some of our operations, um, you know, into in house, and so creating a little bit more unique opportunities with either pastries or drinks and such. So using a little bit of the space uh, across the city, and especially at the Midtown area, um, to, to hopefully be able to, um, to do that. So bringing in a few things in house and, and hopefully increasing quality across the board. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned you've had this longstanding passion for coffee, but Brooke came into your life and, and she fanned the flame a little bit and she really ignited that passion. What, what did that look like? What did, what did she spark in you? She didn't, Call me crazy at the beginning, so that was probably like it's always a good sign. Yeah. yeah, you got to check with your spouse, you know, and and it's been cool to see how it was my you know idea and, and dream that really has turned out into our idea and dream, and now the vision itself is is defined by the two of us, and so she brings talents to the table that I lack, and I think that's that's what's so important in a you know a spouse type of. Uh, business that we got to work well with each other and, and to be able to, um, know when to turn it off and turn it on, you know, and the business itself, cause it always comes with you, but she has been so instrumental in, in a lot of the, the aspects that you see when you first walk in, I mean, the overall look, the feel, uh, the, the creative side of things. And so I lack that, <laughs> but I lack a lot, or I, I do have a lot of the operational strengths. So her and I together, um, it's just been, it's been pretty cool to see how, we do complement each other and we, we are constantly uh, working alongside of each other. And now with, you know, we have four girls and uh, they're pretty young now, but you just, you aspire to have them part of it at some point too. They don't want to be part of it. That's fine. You know, you can't, you can't force anything like that, but um, where it leads as far as a family um, and employees is, um, is going to be pretty cool to see. Mm -hmm. Uh so you guys purchased stories, the the name, the the brand, everything like that, like you mentioned in in twenty seventeen. Yep. Twenty nineteen is when you said you decided to go all in. First of all, kind of what what did those first two years look like, and then what was it that in twenty nineteen made you say, "Yep, we're diving in the deep end. We're doing this thing." The first two years was, um, like I said, kind of figuring who we were figuring out who we were. Um, and we operated as like a mobile kind of coffee car inside of LifeGate, some events. And um, we were all holding our, our other jobs at the time as well. And the further away we went from the acquisition, the further away there was the brand recognition of what Stories was. And so we recognized that 
you know, we, we can dabble in something that you can keep, keep going down this path, but this is truly a passion and, and the calling that we have, we needed to step forward and, and open up uh, a location. And so 2019 is kind of when we went down that path and looked at several different sites and ultimately landed on 114th. And so when we were opening there, it was like the week we were opening, it was um, the time when like the governor and the, the mayor were announcing that um, we'd have to restrict gathering to 100 and that was 50 and it was like 10 and it was couldn't even open at all. So fortunately, we had a drive through and we operated out of that for two or three months. And then in May, we're able to open back up or open up and it was pretty cool to see just people coming out and um, there was a Starbucks, there is a Starbucks across the street from us, which didn't open for a while. And I think a lot of the regulars from there were looking for a space to gather. And so um, it was just horrible, but probably perfect timing at the same time. Um, Cause it did help us kind of slowly launch what our concept was, tweak it a bit and then open up a space to the community that in a time when people were really looking to get back together um, post COVID, um, we, we were able to exist in that, that space for them. Mm-hmm. I know obviously it didn't happen under ideal circumstances yeah. in any way, shape or form, but for you as someone who had developed this passion for coffee, like you said, like some people are obsessed with fine wines, you, you'd found this, this calling in coffee and you'd taken these, these steps forward in your life, these big steps that have pushed you, you know, further and further along the coffee line, even under just awful circumstances during COVID, what was it like for you to like finally get a, like your own coffee shop open? What was that feeling like for you on the first day, even though it wasn't what you imagined, like to be able to say, I own a coffee shop. What was that feeling like? Uh, it was very rewarding, but also very scary at the same time. I mean, cause there was, there were so many different things that changed every day that I don't think there was a lot of time for self-reflection. Um, and so I think we're finally at the point now where we can start to kind of self-reflect because the dust has kind of settled a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, when it first opened, it was just chaos. And to see though, I think you know, probably the, the coolest moment was when we did open up the dining room and we saw people coming in and, you know, just, enjoying the space and like what you were planning for for a year or so or longer uh conceptually actually is coming into fruition and people showed up you know it's just kind of a big deal (laughs) but now a lot of people are showing up and a lot of cool things are happening out of there and and really you know i've learned a lot about myself as far as my skill sets and i think growing the business is first and foremost you know where we need to continue to, to take this and growing it into the Gretna area, bring it into Midtown and, and then soon to be Lincoln as well. Um, that That is uh, something I think that will just continue to help us build and further the mission that we have of, of reaching people and, and allowing them to come into the space and, and uh, um, creating this successful business. Mm-hmm. I found a, a quote from you from a previous interview online you were talking about when you first opened you said you went from a steady full-time corporate job to opening a coffee shop with 35 employees in the middle of a pandemic yeah (laughs) just painful as it might be can you take me back to that moment and just 
you've talked about how hectic it was, how there was no time for self-reflection. Just w- what was the day-to-day? Was it constantly just, I'm going to the office today, I don't know what today's going to look like, it's just pivot, 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 or were you able to kind of put some kind of battle plan together? Like, what what was that time like for you? Um, yeah, I was working full-time at the time, so a lot of it was either working at night or <laughs> just waking up early and and then I had well I did quit for a bit working the full-time job and came back but I think it a a battle plan or, or some sort of structure never really came into place until we brought on Jeff our director of operations who came from Paradise Bakery and so he really helped with the day in and day out I was working corporate and then also you know, as I quit, became more of an owner operator and operator in the sense of um, like covering shifts kind of operator, you know? And so that was a very important and very valuable time for me to understand really this thing that we had created because I was, you know, making sandwiches, doing you know, all sorts of different things that um, weren't jobs I did not want to do. I just knew I wasn't um, probably where I was providing the best value. Uh, and so throughout that time, it was super chaotic and, you know, juggling that and then, um, kids and, and, uh, and my wife works, she's a nurse practitioner at children's in the NICU. Uh, she works nights and weekends and it's just, there's, there's no rhythm really, I guess there really still has not created that rhythm yet, as you can tell from some of the chaos before, but, um, the battle plan really then allowed, came into fruition when, um, we had more of a managerial structure which allowed me to work on the business. And I think that that's where we're at now is really looking at uh, each person's uh, talents and how they come to the table. Jeff is so good with day in and day out operations and Brooke is so good uh, with the creative side and social media and, and myself being, you know, bringing other stuff to the table. Um, we're, we're just looking at how we can diversify our management team so that we can truly bring out the best of each of us and then hone in on where we need to go as a business uh, to continue to be you know, successful for the future. What's the most important thing you think you learned these last two years? Um, to be very okay with not knowing what the heck I'm doing. You know, like I came out of healthcare, Brooke came out of healthcare. We're, we're still actively involved in it to a certain degree, but knowing when other people are better at stuff, you know, it's a very humbling, um, uh, I guess, position to be in, but it's also very important. And, and I, you know, talk with the management team a lot just about, you know, it's good to know when you don't know how to do something and, and focus on what you are best at. So it allows for us to kind of, that, that point about being diverse, bring in other people that are good at it, you know, that are, 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 you know, attention to detail for X, Y, and Z, or this person's much more of a visionary person. And, and so I think it was very early on that I've noticed that, that there's, especially there's also some differences between, you know, industries between healthcare and restaurant world and lots of them, but there's also a lot of commonalities in the sense that relationships are important. Um, you know, taking care of customers is important, making sure financing and, and finances are buttoned up just certain things that carry over. There's a lot that, that, you know, I, Brooke or Jeff or anybody on the team 
um, lack. And that's a good thing to be able to recognize that and to really be transparent and hone in on you know, things that I need help with. Uh, and there's a lot of them. That's something that I hear commonly is just that learning that humility is really difficult, but it's crucial to the success of probably just about any business. But I would say especially some a job in the hospitality industry, especially when you're coming in from outside of it. Is that something that took some time for you, that humility? Did that take some time to develop or immediately did you, were you able to identify, hey, there are some things that I don't understand yet. I need to bring in some people who have right. a greater sense of this. To say that I recognized it right away wouldn't be very humble of me. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think, uh, you know, it's probably everybody's journey in that, you know, there's not pride, but there's just, there's pride in the sense that you feel that you're good in these areas, but when those areas aren't necessarily the areas that other people recognize your talents in, that's probably the hardest. And I think some of those areas, I think I was challenged on pretty quickly. Um, but then the other ones that um, I had kind of developed and had learned throughout my career were more solidified. And so that was pretty cool to see. And I think it's the same thing that's happened with, with Brooke as well, who, you know, has talents and, and, so many different ways, my wife, that um, for her to take that journey and to now hone in on that specific, she was able to pull in other people that really surrounded her and, and uh, created her team as well. So, How did you know that the time was right to expand and start opening new locations? Um, I'm always a person that likes to look to the future setting horizons of three, five years, 10 years. And so we set out a vision early on where we wanted to be in five to 10 years. And those certain milestones were um, kind of set up in a way that they wouldn't necessarily be reflected of uh, our biases or just our gut checks and such so that if we needed to be here by then, here's some steps that we need to take. And obviously being mindful of, you know, certain metrics within the finance world or and opportunities within the um, kind of the climate of the economy and such. We're always listening and talking. And I think that's what's key is you never know what doors will open up. And so by constantly listening and talking and praying, things just happen, you know, in the sense of, you know, Gretna was something we wanted to pursue getting into West Omaha for a long time and looked at three, four different sites. Um, they didn't feel right. And, you know, just like at 114th Street, felt that this was the right spot. And so stepping in, you know, 100%, not looking back. Uh, we don't know how it's going to be yet, but, you know, in a couple of weeks we'll have a good good pulse on it. Uh, and then, you know, Midtown, that was another situation, just listening and kind of taking things in and um, and Lincoln too. So it's, it, it's pretty cool to be able to set up what you feel the future holds, but then, you know, where it actually goes and where God takes you in it uh, is a whole different thing. And, and that's what's uh, um, pretty scary, but also comforting at the same time. Um, so we'll, we'll continue to flush out just what that vision is, but I think we've got a pretty good sense of what we want to do. I think it's amazing that you've been able to find that balance between, like you mentioned, you're a guy who likes to look three, five years down the line and really plan ahead, but at the same time, stay malleable and know, like, I mean, we're talking about that Midtown location that just opened up 
a month, six weeks ago, something along those lines. And you just have to kind of stay ready for when things like that right. might become real possibilities. I think that's just a really healthy mindset to have. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. Something that I just love about stories is just how, like, family integrated it is like it's you and your wife working together you talked about how you would love for your kids to be involved with it someday uh i know your dad is still heavily involved in the roasting process uh and earlier you mentioned your brothers um are involved too like how important is that to you that this is this is not just a business but that family is like it's almost like family and life like come together at stories for you yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool to see, um, having that healthy balance to be able to turn it on and off is key as well, you know? Um, but having that hope that this won't, you know, a job can potentially wedge, you know, your time with your family, your time with, you, know, you kind of choose between the two, but if it becomes part of it, you know, there's, there's, so many days and so many nights where we've just taken the kids to the shop at like Gretna and walk through it with them. And, and we look back at pictures, you know, when 114th and now our third child is, was a baby then now she's running around and it's just, it's cool to see how the business grows, the family grows. And like I said earlier, whether or not they want to be a part of it, it doesn't matter to me. Um, they are a part of it right now. Um, I, I think that they hopefully see in Brooke and I, an example of a healthy marriage as well as a healthy business and how those things can really carry over in their life. Um, so, and, and they're, they're so ingrained too with the employees. I mean, the staff there, you know, know what kind of drinks they like and they, they give them a hard time about, you know, certain things if they come in, they're just comfortable. And, and that's really the culture that we hope continues to resonate in each of our locations is just that comfortable family community kind of uh, vibe. Uh, For people who enjoy coffee, but maybe don't understand the process behind it, what's the benefit to roasting your own coffee versus going through a third-party supplier? Um, There's, there's a lot that goes into coffee in general, just, you know, from being the cup that there's so many variables along the way that, you know, we, we source specialty coffee so it's coffee that's been grown a certain way, um, has been sorted and cleaned to the degree that it qualifies as especially coffee. So a, a, a better tasting bean, a green bean, than one that maybe is at a lower elevation or has just you know been kind of 
mass harvested and so forth. So we take very uh, a, a lot of close attention to the beans that we, we source um, and then roasting them. Um, you know, my dad being the roaster uh, has, you know, <laughs> honed in on really the best way to roast our specific beans and the time, the temperature, um, the storage by having a, a freshly roasted within, you know, a couple of weeks, the most for espresso, uh, to a couple months, the most for drip coffee. Um, you'll notice you'll find a lot more, uh, of the flavors, you know, something that's been sitting on the shelf at a target may have been roasted a year you know, or more ago. And a lot of that flavor that's, um, is not going to be there because it's been roasted so far back. And a lot of the, the gases have released the gases that hold in some of those, those, those notes, the flavor, uh, are gone. And so what you're tasting really is, is not what that bean really is capable of. Uh, so we make it, uh, our emphasis on, you know, using our beans, uh, especially for espresso right away, certain window within two weeks or less, and then sourcing, you know, and keeping, uh, not a ton of inventory on the shelves so that when people come in, they know what this has been roasted, you know, within the last month or so. And so I think that is a benefit of coming to our shop at some point, you know, we may want to get in and, and, um, source with like a Baker's or a Hy-Vee and that would be cool to see. Um, but making sure though, that there's ability to really closely watch just inventory and, and make sure it doesn't go too far out, uh, so that people do get a good experience when they, um, brew our coffee at home. Mm-hmm. For sure. Now, you kind of mentioned a few of the things that makes, in addition to roasting your own coffee, a few of the things that make stories unique is you guys sell beer and wine. You're on a lot of nights, you're open late until 8 a.m., sometimes even later. I know you guys. 10 p.m. Yeah. 10 p.m. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you got you guys have a lot of live musical performances. You have open mic nights. I mean, it's. It's more than just a coffee shop that's open from six to two or whatever it might be. How do all those different elements kind of come together with the coffee to give stories just this wholly unique personality? Yeah, it's an all day cafe. I mean, coffee shop with beer, wine, food, and and hopefully cocktails here soon. But um, yeah, it's just it's pretty cool to see how it changes over the day you know you get one crowd coming in the morning and then you get the lunch crowd and you get the afternoon evening um you know it's just it has a clear um image or 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 feel but that changes throughout the day and when you have uh music come in and it's all you know local people that are are either trying to you know make a name for themselves or ones that have and clearly recognized from a wine bar or any other event across the town. Um, it's just, it's pretty cool to see how that just brings in a whole different clientele. Some people would be there all day. We had one customer that was there for breakfast, lunch, ordered charcuterie board in the afternoon and then ordered a bottle of wine at night. And so <laughs> kind of the trifecta or quadfecta, but um, yeah, it's just different people coming in all the time. And we had a dance studio right next to the 114th location at Gretna, we'll have, you know, a sports bar next door. So they'll just each location, I'm sure, will have different ebbs and flows of people. Uh-huh. Now, I can't get you out of here without talking about the food because food is, as much as I do love coffee, food is my passion. Yeah. This is a food podcast. And you guys 
offer legit food. Like a lot of coffee shops you go in, maybe you'll see some stale donuts or some bagels yeah, yeah. over on the side. Maybe there'll be breakfast sandwiches or something. But you guys are obviously doing something a little bit more. And part of that comes with being open at, you know, different times of the day, not sure. just breakfast. But you have on your menu a French dip sandwich and charcuterie boards and pork belly burn end skewers. I mean, what coffee shop? is serving burn ends like <laughs> that's unheard of but it's really really cool like how did you decide as you're kind of developing what stories is going to be why was how, how did you come to the decision we want to serve like some upper echelon food and some food that's really going to make people excited to come here versus somebody's at a coffee shop and they're hungry okay this will tide them over for however many hours right um, I mean, it, it, the process of itself was a lot of trial and error, obviously a lot of research, a lot of fun research. Um, but the concept altogether, I think had a little bit to do with the prior coffee house, the, the one on 108th Pacific, they had, they had more of a plated kind of offering. Um, so a little bit more chef heavy in the sense that there was, you know, uh, a kitchen that, um, had a hood you know, the whole nine yards, um, we recognized we didn't want to do that, but we wanted to have an ability for people that are coming there and they get hungry during studying, or they want to come for heavy appetizers with wine and that kind of thing that we wanted to have somewhat of a hybrid between the coffee shop that you described and the full plated type of location. And so we, um, uh, through numerous just people that we had talked with, found a way to do that with the the small kitchen that we have. It's just very teeny tiny kitchen on 114th and we're making them bigger for, from here on out. But, um, by uh, doing a lot of the prepared work there, but also sourcing some pre cooked and some, uh, items like our bakery from Rotella's and such that you know, we're not, we're not doing everything in house. I think there's a goal to do more of it in house and that will come with time. Um, but figuring out what our core is, that's coffee, it's some of the items you described and, and, and breakfast sandwiches, and then trying to kind of find the, the other supporting uh, products that we can, we can maybe do more in-house to control not just quality but also availability. We've had a, a hard time, as I'm sure as other restaurants have, with just sourcing uh, ingredients. And so uh, some of the things that we've learned over the last couple of years, we're trying to try to kind of um, refine a little bit of our operations and, and, and see how we can be a little bit more um, self-sustaining in certain areas. Oh, another thing that makes stories really special is each quarter you guys donate a portion of your profits to a local nonprofit yeah. organization. Where'd that idea come from? Um, you know, I, and not to go again too deep, but we, you know, back in 2015, when I lost my wife. I think really, as I've talked about, it changed the, the course of where really I wanted to, um, uh, provide for not just myself and my family, but for the community. And so I recognized then that, that there's a lot of people that need assistance. And, and I thought at the time it was much more in the, the world of employment and employing people whether to work at our shop or to package our coffee. And, and I think it, hopefully we'll get more towards that down the road. But early on, you know, first and foremost, we need to get the business up and running. And so our uh, idea was much more to, to give back to 
programs within the community, nonprofits that are doing exactly that. And so we partnered together with like the Hope Center for Kids and and other just amazing places to to give them not just money, but also recognition on our social media or our chalkboard wall that we write up their logo. And when we have you know hundreds of people walk through on a given basis. Um, so that's been pretty cool just to be able to to do that and to be able to see the looks on their face when we present them with the check. And um, it, it's nothing crazy, but it's a lot for us. And I think it does make, make a difference for the local nonprofits. They're not getting a ton of government support and, and any little bit can help. So it's cool to, to be able to do that and to meet so many nonprofits. Like we sit down with them, we talk about you know, what their needs are and how they're funded and, you know, goals. And um, that's been such a huge rewarding experience for Brooke and I is just to meet so many nonprofits that maybe only have three to five people working for them and, you know, every little bit helps. And so that's really, you know, part of our mission is to, to help do that and to invest in uh, these nonprofits and the people that they can help impact at some point too, hopefully, you know, coordinating employment. Um, Love the idea of being able to, to bring in folks that um, need a second chance, you know, whether it be front of house or back of house. Um, But that's our heart and um, something that that really drives our passion for, for the community. I love that you mentioned there, not only just being able to help these organizations financially, but from a visibility standpoint, Mm -hmm. because yeah, like you said, there are hundreds of people who are walking through stories every day and they might see the hope center up on the wall. They've never heard of the hope center before, but now it's on their radar. You guys have, over 7,800 followers on Instagram and you post frequently about, Hey, here's not, not that, not like showboating and saying, Hey, we're out supporting this organization, but it's like, Hey, this organization is here and we're partnering with them. We're trying to help them and here are the things that they're doing in the community. You're more so highlighting them than you are highlighting the relationship. I just, I think that that's amazing. And I, I really wanted to commend you on that because it's, it's something I don't see a ton of, uh, ton of restaurants, coffee shops, whatever doing. And I know that this is obviously a tough industry. They're very tight margins. That's not a possibility for everyone. But the fact that you guys are prioritizing that and doing that, I think is, is something very special. And I'm glad you said, I mean, we don't, we don't do it to like showboat and right. Of course. It really is uncomfortable sometimes to, you know, say, Hey, look at uh, that's not the goal. That is something we're proud of being able to do. And we want customers to recognize that, when you do buy here, we are trying to get back a percentage of it. And then, um, you know, just being able to, for our employees as well as ourselves, we had Chariots, uh, Chariots for Hope give away a car in our parking lot. And the money that we gave back helped pay for that car to uh, a young family. And, like, that, that's pretty cool, you know. And that's, that's the stuff that's very tangible that people really embrace, our employees embrace, and, and hopefully understand just – what we stand for as a business. Mm-hmm. And something else that's very tangible is the relationships they're created at stories. And I think as we wrap up here, I wanted to kind of tie back to what we were talking about at the beginning. I went back and I was looking through a bunch of your social media posts and stuff. And I think the most impactful or maybe the coolest one that I found, it was one from February 7th. You had a social media post where you, you had pictures of, I think it was four or five different couples 
who are now married. Oh yeah. But they had their first date at stories and they got a chance to kind of like tell their story and, and everything like that. Like, I think that that just, that social media post so perfectly sums up like what stories is about and a big part of what makes it special. What do those stories mean to you being able to see and hear stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, they're so rewarding because you have no idea that that stuff's going on, you know, in your coffee shop, you know, but creating that environment where, you know, they were able to have a date and it to go well and then to ultimately marry, you know, and, and there's so many of those things where had we not existed, what would be, you know, the, the projectile of, of some of this. And I'm sure they would have been fine going to Starbucks or somewhere else, but maybe not. I mean, maybe there's certain dynamics that created, you know, um, not to be too much down the, it's a wonderful life kind of thing, but <laughs> you know, I feel like, you know, our existence has, uh, you know, helped shape people's stories and to be able to provide that, that space in a very comfortable way. Um, is is so rewarding and um i don't want to sound too cheesy or too you know emotional about it but i think that that's you know really what drives us and you know the the financial aspects of it are good and necessary for for sustainability and future growth but um to hear those stories is is what's really what's rewarding about it yeah that's fantastic i think that's a perfect way to wrap up this conversation because it's it's really what stories is all about and I mean, I would encourage listeners, if you just want a great cup of coffee and you need it on the go, you can go through Stories drive through. You're going to get an excellent cup of coffee. You're going to get a good breakfast sandwich or um, tea, what, what, whatever it might be. You can get that through the drive through no problem. But I think when you go inside and you spend some time in there, whether it's meeting somebody for coffee what, or it's just working off-site, whether it's just hanging out, studying, whatever it might be. It's just, it's such a space that just kind of invites you to just stay. You just, when you go in there and you get a cup of coffee, you just want to hang out for whatever reason. Mm. And I just, I, I'm very thankful that Omaha has this, this gathering space now. So Dan, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come on the podcast today. This was a real pleasure to get a chance to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Dan. Next one. My pleasure. All right. As always, Omaha, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.